Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cheesesteaks in the 700 Level Podcast. I'm your host, Don Callen Crowley. I'm back at it this week after missing out last week. Thank you to Austin and Dan for uh, doing just a wonderful job last week. Really enjoyed listening to the episode. Uh, I'm personally somebody who hates listening to my own voice, so one week of not listening to my own voice was amazing. Um, Austin, uh, how, how was it being the primary host last week? I didn't mind it. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I think we had a little fun with it. Um, I think we kept, you know, things things seemed pretty uh, lighthearted. You know, like you said, Dan, I think, did a fantastic job uh, filling in for you. But, I mean, no, not, nothing against Dan, you know, but you can't go against the original duo, right? Exactly. I agree. I but, mean, Dan, Dan is a tremendous – He's got man. that deep voice, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean – in baseball terms, you and me are the are the the, the starting uh, middle infield duo, and and Dan is that great utility player off the bench who could fill in whatever role we need him to fill. Exactly. Yeah, and and like you said, he I think he did a fantastic job. We can't thank him enough for uh, doing so. Um, so if you if you guys want, give him a follow on Twitter as well, and don't forget to like the podcast on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at in the 700, follow me at Austin Mancini and follow Dylan at Dylan CC sports. And don't forget to leave a review as well. Um, You know, it'll do nothing but help us out in the long run. And we want to reach as many people as we can, but Dylan, before we get into the main topic, there was some probably the most random Eagles news we've had in quite a, Quite a bit. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan signed that one year, three and a half million dollar deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagle killer is now an Eagle deal. Yeah, I mean, this, like you said, came out of really left field. I wasn't shocking. I mean, I I was pretty shocked by it. Um, And like you said, the Eagle killer uh, can no longer kill the Eagles. And that was the first thing I texted you. I'm like, the bad man can't hurt us no more. Um, Because, I mean, you talk about just over the last decade, players who have consistently killed the Eagles. And Ryan Kerrigan may be that number one guy. Every time he played the Eagles would rack up at least, it felt like, two sacks. And I think all the time he's fifth or sixth again uh, in – all time against for sacks against the Eagles um, over the last decade. So just, uh, I mean, it's a a great depth signing. I'm not sure yeah. we're going to get the production that some people are going to expect. Nor do I expect to that get that production last year. I think he had five sacks. He did play all 16 games, only started one game. But there in Washington, he was kind of it was kind of a change in the guard. They've drafted so many young great players defensively over the last few years. His role has been dis- diminished, uh, diminished, uh, and that's partly due to him aging and just kind of losing a step. And part of that just uh, Washington trying to get younger. Yeah, and I mean with Chase Young, I mean Chase Young going from Ryan Kerrigan to Chase Young. No offense, Ryan Kerrigan, but. I think anybody would rather have a Chase Young, but like you said, the role the role's more of going to be like a Chris Long role. You know, it's a situational pass rusher, and like you said, he only started one game, but five and a half sacks, and I think he only he played the lowest 
percent of his career at 38 percent and you still have five and a half sacks for those who don't know the eagles Derek barnett had five and a half sacks sweat had six sacks and javon hargrave had four and a half and they all played a higher percent of snaps than ryan kerrigan now, like I said, I don't think he's going to just come in here and all of a sudden he has 10 sacks, but I think he's going to be that veteran guy and maybe five, I will take five and a half sacks. I'll take four. You know, I think he's just another presence on the defensive line like we're seeing. Uh, exactly. Uh, that's um, exactly how I would put it. In. And, uh, yeah, you you say Chris Long, I think – Chris Long, and I think also a guy like um, a, a Chris Barwin. Yeah, Connor Barwin. Oh, Connor Barwin. Yeah, Connor yeah. Barwin. Um, yeah, Bar- I mean, Barwin kind of came in at the end of his career there, and he didn't have the production. He, he had some solid production, but uh, he was able to fill in as that leadership role in the defense, and Kerrigan's going to be able to do that here. And uh, the Eagles finished third, in sa- third, I believe, in sacks last year. Um, across uh, the league. So adding another guy who could come in, add five, five, six sacks out of Kerrigan this year would be a success for me. I think to me, it'd be more than a, you know, even more than a success. That's a steal at exactly. three and a half million. Yeah. Um, I know we're all waiting for a, a corner, you know, signing because at this point it's uh Avante Maddox, Craig James, or uh Zach uh, McPherson, yeah, McPherson, and I don't know how how confident everybody is, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just another good depth signing, I believe, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But with that being said, the schedule was released; it was it was leaked well beforehand. Yeah, um, I don't understand why the NFL keeps trying to do these uh, schedule release kind of things. But here we go. We're we're going to go into the NFL schedule or the Eagles schedule here, and I know it's way too early, but th- it's it's a fun thing to yeah, do. It's the reason it's we something get these to schedules. do exactly. And so we're going to kick it right off. Week one, one o'clock against the Falcons. Dylan, what's your feeling against Kyle Pitts and the Atlanta Falcons this yeah, time? Yeah. So, like you said, that's the big one here. Kyle Pitts is. Uh, making his NFL debut against his hometown team uh, down there in Atlanta. And I'm actually pulling up uh, the Eagles um, record in Atlanta because I think it it feels bad. But, I mean, over the last at least few times, it's not been a place of exactly happiness and rainbows for the Eagles. Obviously, we all remember what happened last time they went down there. Julio scores on that screen pass, and then um, Aguilar he, with the lights. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say his name, but <laughs> Aguilar uh, drops a easy go ahead touchdown, um, and the rest is history. But um, yeah, starting off week one against uh, this uh, this Falcons team is going to be a big test early for the defense. Because not only do they have Kyle Pitts, but they have Julio, they have Calvin Ridley, and uh, a bunch of other names, obviously. Todd Gurley, I think. Yeah, Gurley's out there. <laughs> um, man, who was that 
wide receiver who, uh, who came in last year and had some big games here and there. I can't think of it. He was he was like a slot guy, but um, yeah. But what what's your thoughts? As I I find this name because it's gonna kill me. You know, uh, the more I think about it, the I don't think this um, offense is gonna have any issues this year. Like I'm not concerned about the Eagles' offense. We we were averaging I think 18 points a game last year, yep. and that's with a worse receiving core. That's with a unhealthy offensive line and this is a new system so i think we're gonna be okay when it comes to scoring points like you said this is an incredible test week one for gannon and his defense and i'm just worried at this point the way the roster is constructed it's not going to be good enough because like you just mentioned julio calvin ridley Kyle Pitts. Darius Slay is going to cover one of them. Yeah. But who's covering the rest? That, and that's going to be the big question. By the way, that wide receiver's name was uh, Russell Gage, of course. Yeah. Uh, he did Gage. have a big season. He had 72 receptions for 786 yards. Uh, and now, also to be fair with the Falcons, a lot of this is going to come down to how healthy they are. Uh, Julio only played in nine games last year. Uh, and if they don't have Julio, that makes the whole offense a little less scary. But, I mean, Calvin Ridley, you don't want to take him lightly. He's He just posted a 1,000-yard-plus uh, season, almost had 10 touchdowns, finished with nine. Uh, so, like you said, obviously Slay's going to cover one guy. But, I mean, you, you're going to need somebody to cover Gage. You're going to need cover Ridley, um, Pitts, um, and then Julio. So, you really need five guys. Yeah, I and that's just the issue is I mean Eric Wilson's going to cover Kyle Pitts. Like is that is that or Alex Singleton, you know, and and that's exactly why they drafted him. They drafted Kyle Pitts cuz he's a mismatch nightmare, quote, you know. That's yep. all they were saying leading up to the draft. And I mean, you know, maybe they signed Steven Nelson or something to play on the other side, but I think especially early on in the season, Julio hypothetically is still healthy or is healthy. He should be by week one. And, I mean, the way the roster, like I said, is constructed, there's just too many mismatches with this Atlanta offense. So I I have them going down to Atlanta, and I'm taking a loss in the first week. Yeah, and I'm looking at stats for Atlanta last year. And Atlanta, I mean – their, their offense was good, but it was actually only league average last year, uh, finishing with 24.8 points per game. Their defense allowed 25.9 points per game. I Like you said, I don't think the Eagles scoring is going to be any issue here against the Falcons, but ultimately the big question is, is Kyle Pitts going to put this Atlanta offense over the top to where they should be in terms of the eyes of fans and the media? Because... I mean, you look at that talent on that offense, and they should be uh, averaging more than 24.8 points per game, which was about league average. But I also have them taking the loss uh, to start 0-1 as they head home into Week 2. Uh, week 2, Austin, we see a an opponent that 
uh, it's becoming all too familiar, it feels, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. Eagles, of course, went out to San Francisco last year, picked up a big win on the road in uh, Sunday Night Football. Uh, this time, the Eagles start their home home schedule off with the 49ers coming to town. Um, I'll say it right off the bat. I have the Eagles winning this game, and it comes down to one thing. I don't know if the 49ers quarterback, whoever they choose to go with, whoever's on the team at that point, is going to be good enough in week two to win that game. Because if it's Jimmy G, uh, I, I just don't – I'm not a big believer in Jimmy G. Trey Lance, it sounds like people don't think he's going to be ready to start the season. Uh, and then we all know that – I don't even know who their backup is right now beyond Lance. So uh, uh, Nick Mullins maybe? Uh, I mean, probably as good as a guess I have. But yeah. I, I just don't know if the San Francisco quarterback play is going to be enough to beat the Eagles in week two. And – and that's my – like, this game's a coin toss to me, and that's the exact reason. You know, we beat them 25-20 last year. We killed them in 2017. But when you look at the quarterbacks, we killed them in 2017 because they had C.J. Beathard, and we beat them 25-20, and Nick Mullins was the quarterback. Jimmy G, I think, like you said – I think he's average. He's a game manager. He doesn't he's not necessarily like a he's gonna kill you. He's Mr. You know, smart pass, but he's not that big of a threat. And like you said, Trey Lance, they drafted Trey Lance for a reason. Trey Lance, I don't think is gonna be ready. He's very raw. But because it's an upgrade, I think this game's close, but I do think the Eagles do pull it out. I believe they did lose Richard Sherman as well this year to free agency. So that puts a hole at cornerback. Um, I think it's close. I just, it's hard to tell what's going to happen because both times we've played them lately, it's, it's a third string quarterback. That's we're going against. Yeah. And I think similar to similar to week one against the Falcons, this could come down to, some of the Eagles struggled last year, and that's stopping the tight end. Kittle's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think Kittle is probably the best tight end in the league. If it's not him, it's Travis Kelsey right now. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not sure what Kittle did off the top of my head against the Eagles last year, but I'm pretty sure he posted some quality numbers. Uh, he had... It was uh, 15 catches, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So, like I said, pretty quality numbers out of the best tight end in the NFL against the Eagles last year. And, I mean, the great news is we already found out from Nick Sirianni that he's not going to be putting linebackers on the team's best receivers, a la uh, Nate Gary on. Uh, hey, he did the Chase best Claypool. he could. He did the best he could. Did the best. Oh, but and that here's another storyline for this game. Nate Gary's homecoming. That's right. That is right. I hope they boo the crap out of that man. I mean, they did when he was here anyway. But it'll yeah, it'll be interesting. It's the 49ers offense. Just off the top of my head, I mean, you got Debo, Brandon Ayuk, yeah. and you got George Kittle. 
receivers are a little bit of a downgrade, but the tight end, I mean, I think Kyle Pitts could be George Kittle level, but he's obviously, he's not going to be there week one. He's not going to be there. So like you said, the mismatch, it's all about the mismatches. And I know Nick Sirianni talks, even talks about them. So the fact that, you know, they know they have a mismatch at tight end, I think they're going to try to exploit it again. And I think it'll be a close game. I think it could be like a 27-24 kind of game or 24-21, something like that. But I think the Eagles sneak it out again. Sure. And I and I, I 100% agree with that. And this is off topic from the game itself. But uh, I'm also looking forward to this game because, I mean, this will be the first time uh, in well over a year that we see – a full capacity crowd at the link. And uh, I mean, dependent on how the Sixers do and dependent on how the Phillies do the rest of the season, uh, this may be the first capacity crowd back in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, since um, I, I, I mean, I know in Pennsylvania starting uh, what at the end of the month or early no, starting at Sometime at the end of the month, early next month, uh, that crowds can be 100% capacity because I know the Phillies will be 100% capacity for their series against New York, uh, which I think is June 11th. Um, but I mean, unless the Phillies really go on a hot streak here, uh, there's nothing that tells me that the bank is going to be selling out anytime soon. Um, but let's move on to week three. Uh, the first time we see the Eagles take on a divisional opponent, that, of course, being the Dallas Cowboys, is going to be a Monday night football game. And I'll be blading right at the top here. I have them losing this one, Austin. I I think it could be a close game, but um, this one, when, when I have a hard time deciding who's going to win a game, and uh, division games are usually toss-ups, especially in this division, I usually have to go with who has the better quarterback. And while I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts, if Dak comes off this injury uh, an offseason healthy and ready to go and picks up where he left off last year, um, this is a game that could end up not being close if the Eagles' offense struggles. I'm not sure there really is enough, especially in the secondary, for this Eagles' off defense to stop this Cowboys' offense. A lot like the discussion we had with regarding Atlanta, I mean, this Dallas offense has weapons all over the field, and that's even with Zeke not even being what he was uh, prior to last year. If Zeke comes back this year and kind of refines that success he had prior to last season, then this Cowboys team is going to be awfully dangerous um, offensively, and it's going to come down for them how strong can they be defensively they went heavy defense in the draft, obviously drafted Micah Parsons in the first round, but um, this is going to be a tough one to go on the road week three. Yeah. These two teams are almost to me mirrors of each other. I mean, obviously they have different strengths, but both teams have no defense. I mean, just personnel. I like, like you said, they drafted Micah Parsons, but if you go look at teams that, go win Super Bowls or even play in Super Bowls. The team, you know, it's defensive line, offensive line, quarterback, and then it's corners and receivers. And linebackers are usually the team side that 
gets the least amount of high draft capital. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is going to be a shootout. Like to me, this is setting up for a shootout. Like you said, you got you got Amari, CD, Michael Gallup, and Dak and Zeke. On our end, we our receivers are a lot younger, but I mean, they lost a Wouzier, I believe. They have the kid they drafted last year, but other than that, that's really it. I mean, it, it there's not much when it comes to either defenses that makes you go, whoa. I think the Eagles have a slight advantage because their offensive line is coming back healthy, and the Cowboys didn't really address their offensive line. No, that offensive line, I I, I expect it to be solved, but there are definitely questions, especially following the retirement of, um, was it Frederick? Travis Frederick, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like you said, it's about firepower. It's about better quarterback. And up until Dak got hurt, Dak was in the MVP candidacy. Yeah, he was. Dak was 400 yards a game, three or four touchdowns. Granted, they blew a couple of those games, but, I mean, easily just because of he's a veteran. And I think just talent-wise, I think a lot of people try to compare Jalen to Dak to an extent, but he's not there yet. So I I, think – yeah, I think the Eagles it's a it's a loss for the Eagles. I don't I don't even want to think about a score because I think it's a a game where if a team makes a stop, that could be it. Just take the over. Yeah. When in doubt take the over. I mean, all three of these games, first three games, I think you could take the over with and they could all hit. Mm-hmm. That Falcons game could be a blowout. The 49ers game maybe I would not take the over, but Cowboys game, I definitely take the over. Uh, so we both had them taking the L in, uh, in Dallas, and they come back home a week for four against the Chiefs as Andy Reid comes back to Philly for the second time in his career coaching career uh, following his departure from Philadelphia. Um, Is there much to say about this game? It's, I mean, the <laughs> Depending on who you ask, the Chiefs are probably the 1A or number two team in the league entering this year. They have the best quarterback in the league. Um, so so we, let, let's just both say, say it. They're going to take the L here. Yeah. I don't yeah. expect this one to be particularly close. This one, I expect them to give up 40 points, maybe mm-hmm. score 21-24 and uh, call it a day. Yeah, I mean, the good, the positive the Eagles would have had going into this game is that their defensive line, I mean, you saw Tampa Bay destroyed Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. Why? Because that defensive line was good. Mm-hmm. They immediately went and fixed that offensive line this offseason. So it's – it's almost a wash, and then just like you said, it comes to just pure talent. This this Chiefs team is the better football team, and this could be, like you said, a 44-20 game, 44-17 kind of game. Yeah, and now that being said, 
Uh, and I don't know if we we're technically going to save these for the end, but we'll just build them into it. Uh, we both had pick. We all pick potential shock wins and potential terrible losses. And for me, this is actually also the game that I have as a potential shock win for the Eagles, and that's only because it's real. Maybe like I, I can see a game in Week Six that maybe could count, and a game in Week Nine that could count. But I, I think this one just storybook wise, the Eagles facing. Andy Reid coming back to Philadelphia for the second time. Um, it would be quite a storybook win for them. So I have this as a potential shock win, but I give that a maybe a 2% chance. So we had them 1-3 after four weeks. Let's go into week five. They traveled down to Cal- uh, Carolina to take on the Panthers and Sam Darnold. Also facing former Temple head coach Matt Rule here. Um, this... This is a game I have. We both have the Eagles winning. And why do you have the Eagles winning this one? I think it's an even game, to be honest. But I, I think I, I think the Eagles' defense somehow is slightly better. Um, yeah. Darnold, we still don't know what Darnold is. Is he big year is for he, Darnold? Yeah, is he a above average or even average quarterback? Maybe I don't know. You've seen the flashes, but he was on the Jets. So, and he had Adam Gase as his quarter or as his head coach. He now has he now has weapons, but I just think as a, somehow at a pure talent team, the Eagles are a better football team. And I think after losing, in our opinion, to the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Falcons, something's got to give, and I think it's the Panthers. I, I agree with you there. And uh, another part of this one for me is there's just no, like, they have Robbie, they also have Robbie Anderson and uh, DJ uh, CMC there as their two big stars and DJ Moore. So, I mean, there's three guys there that you have to be, uh, be scared of because, I mean, McCaffrey, one healthy, big if, is. Arguably one of the top three running backs in the league. But there's no certainty he's going to be healthy there. Uh, DJ Moore, that's the type of guy that's blown the roof off the Eagles for years now. Not him in particular, of course, but that type of wide receiver. And then Robbie Anderson, uh, he's not the most consistent wide receiver, but when he goes off, he's going to go off for 10 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown. Um, But... At the same time, I think all three are stoppable. And it's going to come down to Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold takes that step that forward to the quarterback people thought he could be, the Eagles could very well drop this game. But I, I, I'm just not a believer in Sam Darnold. I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts. And I don't think this Carolina defense is particularly scary enough that we have to worry about the Eagles' offense not being able to score. Yeah, and – just looking at our defensive line, I think they'll be able to contain McCaffrey. Usually, the only the only guy that really has killed us, two guys, is really like a Zeke and Saquon. Yeah. You know, like those two are the ones that consistently kill us. I think otherwise, we do a very good job at stopping the run. And this defense 
shouldn't be a very like a contained defense. I think they're they're more free will, and Fletch is going to do what he does best. And like you said, Darnold, I think I think he could be slightly above average. I don't think he's going to be anything better than that. He's to me a up slight upgrade from Teddy, but I mean that's not saying much. No. Um, going on to week six, Eagles got a Thursday night football game. So, uh, not only do they have a short, short schedule, but for the second time in three weeks, they're facing a, um, a conference champion from last year. And this time they're facing the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, at home. But, um, I mean, we got, we just did this for week four, but I mean, uh, come on, I, I just don't think this defense is going to have anything. If this Bucks offense is healthy, there's nothing that's going to stop this offense uh, that night. Can we just – I'll count it as a win if the Eagles run the Philly special against Tom Brady one more time. I mean, can, that that's going to be the best part of this game is going to be – the re- the reactions that Bra- that fans have towards Brady because it's obviously going to be Brady's first time against the Eagles, uh, and the first time Brady has come to Philadelphia since Super Bowl Fifty Two, so that that's going to be the best part of this game, uh, and that's all going to happen pregame. Maybe if Brady gets a throws an interception, but besides that, I think Brady and the Bucks are going to own this night. Oh, this night is a football. revenge game for Tom. And what's sad is Tom threw for 400 yards against us or 500 yards against us. There's a chance chance Brady goes 507 touchdowns in this one. Yeah, like they might try to take him out, and and he's like, no, I need this, and just goes off. Yeah, Chris Godwin and them, yeah. This this game's a disaster. Uh, Just flat out, Super Bowl champion team is – they brought every single guy back. Yeah. And it's, they got better with the draft. Yeah, I mean, I predicted every game using one of the sites online, and I have them going like uh, what, 15 and 2 this year or something. So right. it's, it, they're going to be ridiculously good. All right. So after six weeks, so two and four, week seven, everybody's favorite road trip's coming up. It'll be nice. Eagles fans. Disappointed after two and four start, maybe not shocked. They all get a head out to the nice warm desert of Las Vegas. Go gamble a little. Go gamble a little. Uh, go take in a football game out at the brand kind new, brand, kind of brand new Allegiant Stadium. Obviously opened last year, but nobody got to see it. Uh, well, Eagles fans will be able to see it this year. Uh, tickets are starting on the resale market at $500 a piece. Uh, so good luck if you're trying to go out there for that. Um, the good news for me on my side, Austin, is I have the Eagles taking a win here because uh, I think this is a matchup of two, uh, at least recently, horribly ran organizations. And as dysfunctional as the Eagles have been, I think the Raiders may be even more dysfunctional. And that's why I'm going to take the Eagles here because I just I I have a hard time the Eagle a hard time seeing the Eagles lose this game for some reason. This game is such a coin flip to me because pure it talent is. the Raiders are better. Yes, 
Now, the Raiders potentially could have had one of the worst drafts. I mean, I just saw everyone was roasting the Raiders for reaching on most of their picks. It was a pretty other <laughs> draft. But as a whole, this is this is to me just like the – what game was that? I said they were going to – this is just like the – Either Cowboys game or for this is going to be like the 49ers game. It's going to be close, yeah. 31 27. But I think the Eagles lose. I, th- I mean, I just think maybe they can't. Josh Jacobs is the type of back I think the Eagles can't handle him. And then you have the speed of rugs. Slay's not going to be able to keep up with him. I don't even think they're going to really play zone or man like that. I think they might play zone. Nevertheless, Derek Carr's not a bad quarterback, I don't think. I think he's above average. And I think this yeah. Eagles team just as a whole is an average team. That, that that's fair. That's extremely fair. Uh, I I'm also feeling that this is one of those games that there's so many Eagles fans that go out that it turns into a home field game. Mm-hmm. And uh it's also I'm gonna take the Eagles on this one. Um, also, let, let it be known that this is the first game that we disagreed on. It is. I mean, I, the beginning of the schedule for being the quote-unquote easiest schedule of 2021 based on, you know, opponents' win percentage from the year before, It's you start off the season having to play the Cowboys, the Bucks, and um, who was that other team? Cowboys, Bucks, and the Chiefs. Like seriously, yeah. seriously. Yeah, it is an extremely tough start to the schedule. Um, and let let's uh, go on to Week Eight here. Uh, so after the Eagles travel to Las Vegas, they're going to stay on the road, head to Detroit, take on uh, the Lions. There, obviously, new head coach there, but also a brand new quarterback there in Detroit. That being Jared Goff, who's some who's had success against the Eagles in terms of he puts up decent numbers against the Birds, but I believe he only has one win against the Birds as well. Yeah, and he killed us last year. Him yeah, and Tyler Higby single handedly destroyed us. But yeah, you mentioned um, the we had the shock win, and we had the potential terrible loss. Here is where the terrible loss for me comes in. Sure. And I know what I'm. You're thinking, okay, the Eagles at my point are two and five going into this game. Eventually, they're going to win one. Well, they have struggled, and I mean struggled against the Detroit Lions for what? Though in the last seven years, yeah, th- th- eight th- years, the Lions are one of those teams that uh, it seems no matter what gives the Eagles issues for whatever reason. And now a lot of that is because they had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL with Matthew Stafford, but also the the offense would commonly struggle. And uh, it's just, it's been very, I don't want to say confusing, but just, it it never really made sense why they struggled so much. Despite the lines being a a consistent uh, 500 or below team. 
Yeah, and don't forget my man Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick absolutely killed the Eagles. And that's what DeAndre Swift, to me, is going to do. I think if you look at what, like if you're Dan Campbell, you go look at what the previous tape was on how to beat the Eagles, and that's exactly what he's going to do. And Theo Riddick slash, a.k.a. uh, DeAndre Swift, didn't they sign or draft a running back too? They drafted another one. Um, I'll look that up. I think they did. I don't remember who it was, but I know the receiving core isn't as good. But this just to me is like I hate using the word, but the trap game. Sure, I, I could. Uh, it is very much. I feel like it could be a trap game. I mean, it's going to be the second week of a back to back row games. Uh, so there's a chance the Eagles don't ever come home after the Las Vegas game. They stay on the road for week <laughs> eight. Um, and, yeah, that could be one where you're, you, the Eagles are just looking forward to getting back home and kind of don't take the Lions as well as they should. And if it ends up being a blowout, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be, but, I mean, that uh, the potential for a terrible loss here – is absolutely a possibility. Yeah. I think it's a heartbreak one, like the Ryan Matthews fumble and all that, but these two, the the lines are so bad. Like I almost want to change my mind, but I, I just can't get it out of my head that the lions beat the Eagles for some reason. Do you have any other thoughts on the lines though? No, I, I think the biggest thing with the Lions is who is who's going to be Goff's primary wide receiver. Who are their receivers? Oh, my. That is a good game. That is a good game to play. Name two receivers on the Detroit Lions. Because I can tell you right now, I don't off the top of my head. Well, I know they have Brashad Perryman. Okay, there's one. They just drafted Amon's uh, Amon Ross and Brown. Okay, okay, they have Tyrell Williams, Amon, Amon Ron St. Brown, Equinemius's brother, by the way. Yes. Uh, and Rashard Perriman. Yeah, those are your top three receivers. I and still think t- they find a way. That's my that's my game. I have to do it. I'm already yeah, committed. No, absolutely. And they also have T.J. Hawkinson, who they're high on. Yeah. Um, I have the Eagles winning this one, uh, that being said. Yeah. And then the Eagles go on to – they come on home with a 4 o'clock game against the Chargers. Chargers, Justin Herbert, the – I want to say I want to say they're the sexy team coming in yeah. to this year's season. No, without a doubt. Like I said earlier, I, was, I predicted uh, – Every NFL game on uh, NF, what is it, playoffpredictor.com. Uh, yeah, playoffpredictors.com. And I had the Chargers finishing second in the in the AFC West, uh, just one game behind the, the Chiefs. I have the Chargers being a 12-13 win team this year. And a lot of that is riding on the fact that I'm a huge Justin Herbert yeah. fan. Mostly because he was my dynasty quarterback this past season and led me to a championship. So uh, I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. 
Yeah, I can see them. Um, I can I can see them being very good. They addressed a lot of things this year, like you said, um, like the offensive line. They went out immediately and fixed that defense is getting healthy. That was a big issue. Was that their defense was a? I believe uh, they were missing Joey Bosa. Yeah. So guys are coming back. I actually just changed this. Um, on our on our document, Dylan. Um, this immediately after, you know, the shock loss. Here's the shock win, and one, it's to get rid of the skid they were on in my account. the The Eagles would have been what one, two, three, four, four in a row. They were losing. This would have been five. I'm, I changed it. This is a shock win. Chargers have to fly over here. Four o'clock game. They got to win one eventually. And I think they get to Justin Herbert kind of early. Uh, well, again, Justin Herbert is going to be the big key here because that pass rush is going to have to get to him because the secondary, I'm not sure, is going to be able to keep up with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Jalen Godin, uh, and Jared Cook all game. Because uh, if, if they don't get to Herbert here, Herbert's going to pick that secondary apart. Yeah, the big the big um, mismatch I see is like you said, Mike Williams, six foot, what three two, yeah. and at this point, Avante Maddox would be covering him. Yeah, they're just going to throw it as high as they can, and Mike Williams is going to go after it. Um, so, but I do see. I think it's a shootout. I think a lot of these games are going to be a shootout, but this one particularly. I think this one is a shootout, 30, 40 points, take the over. Eagles probably win on a, either a field goal or they're up by 10 and, and the Chargers score a late one. Sure. Well, I'm going to take the Eagles to lose this game on, uh, right now. Um, I just think Chargers have too much an offense to uh, for the Eagles to stop. Uh, but uh, just for a record update, so after week nine, I will have the Eagles at four and five. Um, you will have the Eagles at, I believe now, three and six. Since I you, didn't update that part, yeah, it'll be since, three and yeah, three and six. Three and six. Yeah. All right. Well, let's head to week ten, and uh, this is my potential terrible loss, and that's the Eagles losing to the Broncos in Denver, and. I don't think Denver's an overly talented team. I think Drew Locke isn't a good quarterback, and I I think Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback. That being said, what if I told you, Dylan, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback now? I still feel like they lose this because <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to come down to the quarterback necessarily. I I think you look at it as this is their third road game in four weeks. Second time they had to travel out west in three week in four weeks, so, um, and playing in Denver has always been an issue for the Eagles. Yeah, and playing in Denver outside of anybody in that uh, AFC West division who plays them uh, once a year in Denver does struggle going out there. To face the Broncos. I mean, now the Broncos for a long time were a very good team. I mean, over 
the history of their franchise, they're one of the most successful teams in terms of always being above 500 and consistently winning. Um, I mean, Brady even struggles going out there. Uh, so I, I just think they're going to struggle going out there. Third row game in over four weeks, like I said. Um, and playing in Denver, that's going to be that's going to be tough for a team that's full of a lot of young guys at some key positions. Uh, so this isn't anything about the talent on the field. I think the Eagles are more talented team, just intangibles and stuff like other factors. I just think may hmm. build too much for the Eagles to win this game. And I think this is one of those games that they should win, but they find a way to lose probably late. Yeah, I think I think they win this game. I think their biggest problem, the Broncos being, is Teddy Bridgewater. and that's what's going to hold them back all year is that Teddy Bridgewater is an average quarterback, not very mobile since he broke his leg or whatever it was tore his ACL. And he doesn't have that big of an arm. He's just semi-accurate. And I think the Eagles are going to try to eat him alive. I know I, I personally think they're a quarterback away from being a scary team because they have all that young talent with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and on them. But that's just it. A quarterback can change that. I mean, look at look at the 49ers. The 49ers last year, Nick Mullins kind of just did his thing, and they weren't a good football team. Yeah, I agree. Jimmy G was in there, you know, the year before, and they were at the – they were at the Super Bowl, so the quarterback makes the difference. But I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles start playing better football here, and I think the they come out with the win in Mile High Stadium. All right, well, let's move on to Week Eleven then, one p.m. against the Saints. Uh, we both have this one chalked up as a W, and for me, it comes down to this Saints offense. Full of talent. We all know that. I mean, you look across the board. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Marquez Callaway. Uh, Adam Troutman is going to be a good tight end in the future. Um, Traycon. Traycon Smith. Um, now, now, their depth at positions isn't great beyond Latavius Murray. But the big concern there is going to be quarterback play again. Jameis Winston is a quarterback that can beat the Eagles if that's who their starting quarterback is. But I don't think Taysom Hill is good enough. I don't think Ian Book is good enough. And I don't think Trevor Simeon is good enough. So, I mean, you're it's going to come down to can Winston play well enough, and that's going to come down to if the Eagles uh, can rattle Winston and force him to throw a couple picks because Winston may throw for 300, 400 yards in this game, three touchdowns. But it's very well possible he throws for two or three interceptions as well. And I I think the Eagles uh, have had the Saints number over the last few years. And as we just saw this past year as well. And I think the Eagles take this game coming off a bad loss in Denver. They need to get their season uh, jump started again. They come home, beat the Saints, uh, and in both our books, move to five and six on the season. Anything, any different thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I think it's kind of just a rematch of last year. Yeah. I don't see really anything different because they were both in cap hell, so the teams really couldn't make moves. And magically, I don't know how the 
Saints got under the cap, but they did. And I think they're going to ride Taysom Hill. You know, I, I know Jameis is there, but they gave Taysom Hill that stupid contract. And I think they're going to give him the chance to lose the job. So I think we might see Taysom Hill out there. If not, they're going to do the stupid Jameis Winston's the quarterback and they're going to throw a pass to Taysom Hill who throws it to whoever, you know. But I think they win this game. I think it's kind of low scoring, 21, like 18, something, 24, 17. Kind of like what we saw this past year. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably what the game ends up being as well. Uh, week 12, the Eagles face just for the second time a divisional opponent, this time being the New York football giants at MedLife. Um, so, I mean, let, let, let's say how it is because from week 12 on, the Eagles played the Giants, the Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington, Cowboys. So out of their what last six game five of them are divisional games. Yeah. Um. And out of those five divisional games left, we already have them losing to the Cowboys in what was that week three? Yeah. Um. And it's I think the easiest way to go with this is first, let's jump to week thirteen against the Jets because it's the only yeah. divisional game. Sure. Left. We we both have them winning that game against the Jets. For me, it's just I don't think the Jets have the talent right now to compete for mo- against most teams. If Zach Wilson plays to the level that they think Zach Wilson can be as their franchise quarterback, they could steal some games here, but I don't think they steal this one against the Eagles. Yeah, just flat out pure talent, the Jets are terrible. Yeah. And you'll know what Zach Wilson is by, by then. Yeah. Or you – Obviously, he'll progress uh, n- the next year and the year later. But, I mean, it'll be like the Justin Herbert thing. You know, when he steps in, you'll know, can this kid play or not? And the Jets just don't have any pieces around him. I know they got uh, Denzel Mims, but – and they, I believe they signed another receiver, but it wasn't a Kenny Galladay. You know, it wasn't a – Chris Godwin, who was on the market. It was a second, third tier receiver. And I mean, look at their, their running back. They drafted one, but there's just nothing on this team. They traded Jamal uh, Adams last year. Yeah. I'm trying to agree with you. I I think this should be an easy win for the Eagles here. Um, So we both had them being the jets. Now we take a step back to week 12 First matchup against the Giants. Worth knowing, by the way, the Eagles are playing at MedLife two weeks in a row, uh, week 12 and week 13. All right. So most divisional games uh, or against most divisional opponents, at least with the Eagles, I think it's pretty safe to say most years they're going to split probably two of three matchups. Yeah. Week 12 against the Giants, I personally have them winning, though – I, I could see them losing this one, winning week 16. Either way, let's talk about the two Giants games as a whole. Uh, with this, it's going to come down to, I think, the Eagles' ability to stop that wide receiver core because that core did get better this year. 
of course, with the sign of Kenny Galladay. They also have Dar- uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Darius Tony now, John Ross, uh, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. It's a pretty talented offense. That's not even mentioning Saquon there at running back. They also, you know who their third string running back is this year? Corey Clement. How about yes. that? Super Bowl. Went down legend. the turnpike. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to, I think it's very much possible the Eagles lose both these games because I think the Giants are the more talented team right now. But it comes down to, our, I guess, how much we believe right now in Daniel Jones. And if Daniel Jones uh, is ready to take the next step forward or is he going to kind of still be that stagnant quarterback he is. Against Eagles last year, he was pretty good. But... I mean, and if he plays that level again, the Eagles are going to lose both these games. But I don't, I, I just don't know if I'm ready to believe in him just yet. Yeah, and I'll just like you said. Well, I'll just kind of group them together. I think they split with the Giants. Yes. Um, I think one game is going to be the Daniel Jones game where he he runs that 80 yard run, or you know, Kenny Galladay has a monster game, something like that. And then the other game's going to be. The Daniel Jones looks exactly like Eli Manning and is panicking and gets tackled, you know, trying to do too much behind the line of scrimmage. And the Eagles win a close one, but they win it, you know, like a 27-21 kind of game. Um, Like you said, Daniel Jones, I don't think he's that good. In fact, when when he got drafted, I said they drafted Eli Manning. And I personally, I know a lot of people think Eli's a Hall of Famer, borderline Hall of Famer. I personally don't think Eli's that good. Was that good of a quarterback? I know. Yeah, he won. He won two Super Bowls, and I know I'm kind of going on a tangent, but like, I mean, if you go look at his numbers and you just look at his, go watch him play. It was average football. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm and not and that's. And that's Dan, and that's Daniel Jones. I, I fully agree. Eli is going to go into the Hall of Fame for two reasons. He won. <laughs> he played in New York, and players who play in New York, no matter what sport, tend to get, in my mind, a little bit of a boost when it comes to their Hall of Fame arguments because they played in the biggest sports market in the country. Yeah. And two, he beat the goat in the Super Bowl not once but twice. So Nick Foles deserves it. Nick Foles only did it once. I don't care. Nick Foles deserves it. He beat the goat. Um, but yeah, I think I think they split. I know you said you. I have them splitting. You have them splitting. This one, I have them winning, or I have them losing the first one, winning the second one. You have them winning the yeah, first the, one, losing yeah, the second flop. one. Yeah. The next is the Washington football team. They're done, so you don't have to worry about the uh, former team name. Um, the Washington football team, honestly, I know I have them splitting. I could see them dropping both games. Yeah, only because that defense is absolutely loaded and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the kryptonite <laughs> of the Eagles. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. But that being said, I think they end up splitting this. I just... Ryan Fitzpatrick, while he can be very good at times, he can also be very bad. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I think it's going to be tough for him to have two stellar performances against the Eagles. Now, maybe we see Taylor be... Heineke. Maybe. Now he he's not. They're they're not going to need great quarterback play to beat the Eagles, in my opinion, because that defense is so good. Um, but I think the Eagles' defense has enough to slow down that Washington offense. Uh, but if Fitzpatrick is on his game, th- this is a scary Washington team because that is a very good off that that offense has very good skill players, and that defense is as young and talented as they could come. Yeah, and I know I I know there's a lot of linking with Deshaun Watson to the Eagles, but Washington is another team that very well could go for a Deshaun Watson. So that wouldn't shock me if that were to happen. And they're kind of like Denver to me where they're a quarterback away from being a kind of scary team. I mean, Taylor yeah. Heineke almost beat the Buccaneers in that super or in that playoff game. No, absolutely. I mean, if Washington can get a quarterback, a true quarterback, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, if they can get a true quarterback here in the future, um, like somebody like a Russell Wilson, that team, I I don't want to say Super Bowl contender because I don't think they'll be that good, but they'll be a NFC East favorite. could be an NFC East favorite because they have defense, which the other mm-hmm. teams don't. To me, they're a sneaky – well, I guess not sneaky because they won the division last year, but to me – they very well could win the East again. And I be can the see first, it happen. Yeah, and be the first team to repeat, right? In yeah. like eight, ten years it, or something. It's been well over a decade at this point. Yeah, so I could see them. I could see them doing it. It it did kind of shock me they didn't draft a quarterback. By the way. Yeah, I I'm shocked they didn't draft a quarterback as well. But uh, perhaps they're either eyeing up a trade or. They want to see how well this gear goes, and uh, I'm not sure what the free agency class looks like next year. But uh, And that leaves one more team. Yeah, and that, of course, is going to be the Dallas Cowboys Week 18. Um, and For the division? Both... No, not for the division. Well, not for the Eagles. <laughs> the Cowboys could be fine for the division here uh, with Washington or, I don't think, the Giants. Maybe Washington, um, but I think the Cowboys win the division probably by two games or so. And I have the Eagles losing the last week of the season to the Cowboys. This could be a win, depending on how the Cowboys do, if they're good enough that they don't have to worry about um, home field advantage or anything mm-hmm. like that. Then, yeah, the Eagles could win this game. But I think the Eagles lose this game because I think Cowboys more likely than not – We'll have to be fighting for something in this final week of the season. Um, And the Eagles will likely be paying for nothing besides maybe playing spoiler. Uh, So with that, kind of the same reasons they're going to lose week three. Just not enough firepower to stop them defensively. And offensively, I don't know if they could be consistent enough and stay um, shot for shot with the Cowboys. 
Yeah, I have it. I have it chalked as a loss. Just it's the same reasons as week three. I know a lot can change from now and week 18, but we just don't have the defense just flat out. And they just have a far superior offense. So mismatch can't do anything about it. I think Washington we'll, we'll put this in here too, I guess. I think Washington and them fight for the division at the end of the season. Who do you, I'm guessing you think Dallas wins the division. I think Dallas wins the division. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what I think Dallas does. Uh, I have Dallas in seventeen. I have Dallas at twelve and five this year. Crap. Twelve and five. I I actually have the Eagles finishing in that second, third, second or third place. Uh, So when I did the playoff predictor, uh, I actually had the Eagles go nine and eight, Uh, and then when I did it again, uh, just the Eagles schedule. I, I went eight and nine, so I do think there's a win, a potential win here, uh, that um, somewhere in here that the Eagles could get to nine and eight instead of eight and nine. Um, per, perhaps that Broncos game, or perhaps um, one of the Cowboys games, or even a Atlanta game, possibly. Um, but yeah, I think the Cowboys run away with the division. Um, I, I would be shocked if Washington is in there at the end of the season in terms of fighting for it. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Washington falls uh, and isn't even a 500 team, ends up with like top 10 pick. Yeah, I think the defense for Washington's just a little too good to be. Probably is. You know, and so I think I think it'll be kind of close between Washington and Dallas. Um the difference is going to be that Washington does, you know, get a harder, quote unquote, harder uh, schedule. Yeah, but I think it comes down to those two teams: the team with the better defense and a slightly above average offense oh, against oh, a team right. with a team with a top ten, maybe five offense and a probably bottom half defense. I'd agree with that. So, if I had to lock in my one of my nine and eight or eight and nine records, I'm going with eight and nine. Uh, and your final record prediction is also eight and nine. So, we're going to have the Eagles finishing about, uh, depending on how everything falls, second or third in division. I think um, I actually had the Giants finishing last in the division. I don't think the Eagles are. I, I just don't believe in Daniel Jones against most mm-hmm. teams. Um. So yeah, I think the Eagles end up being a borderline on that borderline of being a playoff team or not, and that would could, suck for our our draft picks. By the way, it it would. I I mean, Wobbins is the Eagles' lowest pick is their own pick. Darn. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, uh, really that Colts. By the way, which I have the Colts going. Where is it? Ten and six. So, uh, that and they awesome. signed Eric Fisher. Signed Eric Fisher. That's assuming Carson plays all of those games. So, I say ten and six. Well, that means I'm missing a game. 
Uh, I'll say ten and seven. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, with that, I think we, this is a good time to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you everybody for listening to another episode. Uh, we may have another episode coming out this week. We may not. Uh, I am personally heading off on a little vacation, uh, heading down to the beach just to relax for a week, uh, just with the family. Uh, so we may have another Austin and, uh, Dan, Dan episode. Yeah. Um, we may not, that's going to be totally up to Austin and Dan if we don't, but, uh, if I don't hear, if you guys don't hear from me, uh, until then have a great Memorial day. Uh, have a great rest of the week, great rest of the month, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, do all that fun stuff. Austin, any last thoughts for our listeners? Congratulations, Joel Farabee, on 20 goals. Yes, congrats, Joel Farabee, on 20 goals. Uh, I guess next time we do talk, we're going to have to talk about the Flyers and what they're going to do this offseason. Um might have a little special guest to talk about that too. Could we may have one coming up soon with that. Um, obviously, gonna have to talk about the Phillies soon. It's kind of been uh, a minute. It's been a hot minute since we last talked about them. They've been they've been very good at times, and they've been a complete disaster at times. It's been very confusing. It's been Not very really. Philadelphia. It's on it's brand. Been, it's very it's very on brand. Of course, also the Sixers are the number one seed team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I guess quickly, I'm assuming you're not worried no matter who's the first round matchup. No, in fact, I kind of think, I kind of think that it's a, it it could be a cakewalk in the sense that matchup wise, they could get really lucky to the ES, ECF. I, I understand. I agree. I think they should cakewalk to the Eastern conference finals and then let it be best team wins. And if it's not the Nets. They should cakewalk all the way to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But more to come on that, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> you and Dan can talk about that if we, you and me don't. Uh, either way, we'll all talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and uh, go Birds. Go Birds.